Hello, and welcome to the Holistic Money Podcast. I'm your host, certified financial planner and money mindset coach, Whitney Morrison. Over the past seven years, I've taken myself from credit card debt and no savings to a seven-figure net worth. I did this without a budget or a restrictive money plan, but instead, smart, sustainable wealth-building strategies combined with changing my relationship with money. In this podcast, you'll learn the ins and outs of my no-budget philosophy, practical wealth-building strategies, and key mindset shifts to make it happen. There is no shortage of information out there to tell you what to do with money, but teaching you how to think and feel about money, that's my secret sauce. If you've been waiting for a podcast that gives you actionable strategies to not only build wealth, but also feel really good while you're doing it, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Holistic Money Podcast. It has been a crazy week here in Wimberley, Texas. We had a really devastating ice storm that came through last week and lasted a few days. But the issue is that a lot of our trees broke on our property. We had one fall on our house. We also lost power. We couldn't leave because we have a lot of animals here. We have our three alpacas, our llama, our ducks, and I also have 11 baby chicks in my living room. So we couldn't just up and leave and go get a hotel. Thankfully, we have a really warm stove in our living room that Craig and I slept in the living room and had to keep going all throughout the night just to make sure that we could keep our house warm and keep those baby chicks warm. It has been an exhausting few days, an exhausting seven days, really. But one thing I am so incredibly thankful for is my community. Some of you may be able to relate to this, but for a long time, I really struggled with the concept of community, not because I didn't want community, but simply because I never really felt like I belonged within community. So I've been doing a lot of inner work on my own sense of belonging within community, within myself. And I did something that I very rarely do. I sent out a text message to my community asking for help. I had six friends that came over on Sunday. We spent four to five hours clearing my land. We got so much done. There were so many heavy branches that there's no way Craig and I could have moved on our own, but we just had a group of people and we all came together and our land just looks so much better and it just feels like home again. And we could not have done this on our own. So I am so thankful for the courage that I had to ask for help. And I'm also thankful for the people who responded and were here to help me. I want to encourage you, if you need help in your life right now, ask for it. You do belong. You are worthy of community. You are worthy of support. I know that I really needed to hear that a few years ago. So I just wanted to offer it to any of you who may also really need to hear that right now. So let's dive into today's podcast episode because I'm going to talk with you about money. We're gonna go into your money mindset. I'm gonna talk with you about what I call financial blocker thoughts. This is a concept that I teach in my holistic money program where I help my students really understand the thinking that blocks them from building wealth. There are three main types of financial blocker thinking that I'm gonna go over in this podcast today simply so you can become more aware of these 
three ways of thinking and how they can be getting in the way of your financial success. Before I dive into this, I want to remind you of a critical concept that was very difficult for me to grasp in the beginning of my wealth building journey. And that is that the way that you think about money, your money mindset is what is creating your results with money. I remember when I first heard Brooke Castillo explaining this, I was like, okay, yeah, this sounds great. I want to believe this, but honestly, it just sounds like a bunch of bullshit because what's really getting in the way of my financial freedom freedom is my debt. What's really getting in the way of my financial freedom is cost of living because things are getting so much more expensive. And how can I afford this house when I make this much money, right? Those are the thoughts that I had about money and wealth. And I never really understand how they were responsible for my financial results. But the reason why is because I wasn't fully ready or aware of how I could take responsibility for my financial results. And so one of the key tenets of believing that the way you think about money is what creates your financial results is this belief that I create my financial results and the way that my brain thinks about the world around me and perceives everything that happens is what is creating the net worth number in my bank accounts. And there is so much conversation that we could have around how this may not be true. But what is so much more useful for you is to look at how it is true. I want you to start to discover your financial power. We have to be able to look at how the way that you think about the world and money and yourself with money is creating your financial results. And I'm going to help you tremendously in this episode become more clear about that because a lot of you have this thinking with money that just seems like, hey, this is how the world works. This is how money happens to me. This is how money happens to people that I know. But once you get with people who think differently than you, who have a different money mindset, who have different financial results than you do, who have more freedom with money or a higher net worth or more ease with money or have more passive income, whatever it is that you may be desiring, if you sit down and you talk with them about the way that they think about money, you will start to notice key differences in the way that they think than the way that you think. And you'll start to notice, wow, they have such a different outlook on the world than I do, on money than I do, on themselves than I do. And what is really cool about this realization is you can start to recognize they don't own that outlook. They don't own those thoughts. They don't own that way of being in the world. That is actually something that is available to me too. I can choose to think similarly about the world around me. Money doesn't just happen outside of yourself. Money happens within yourself. You create money based off of the way that you think about yourself, your value, the amount of money that's available in the world, what is available to you specifically, what you really care about. All of those are ways that you can start to believe that money is actually in your control. And that's not to say things never happen that are out of your control because they absolutely do, but it is how you perceive all of those things and how you respond to them that ultimately determines your financial success. And so that's a key tenet of the belief work that I do, the holistic approach that I take with my clients to money because it truly is life-changing. It changed my life, changed what I believe was possible for me, and changed the outcome of my life. And I am so thankful for this work. And that is why it is a huge part of the money work that I do. When it comes to our financial blocker thoughts, our money narratives, all the preconceived notions that we have about the way that the world works with money, there are three main types of financial blocker thoughts that will get in your way. The first type of financial blocker thoughts are shame and worry thoughts with money. They are thoughts that come from judgment where you are judging yourself with money. They're thoughts like, I'm never going to figure this out. I'm bad with money. I'm a hot mess. I shouldn't have made that mistake. I should have started earlier. 
Why didn't I do it a different way? I don't know what I'm doing. These thoughts tend to create feelings of shame, worry, overwhelm, or resignation around money. And most importantly, what they do is they prevent you from actually taking the actions that you want to take to get new results with money. Because when you are constantly in the identity of someone who is bad with money, who is ashamed of themselves with money, you will continuously perpetuate this reality by virtue of the fact that you believe that you are this person. If you are someone who finds yourself in shame, worry, overwhelm, thoughts with money often, the first thing that you need to do is separate your facts, your financial facts, what is actually happening in your life from your story. Because what's happening is you are stuck in a story about yourself with money and you get to choose if that story is true or not. But until you disrupt the story and really start to understand that it is just thoughts that are running through your head and not the actual reality of your life, you will continue to perpetuate it. So you really have to question this idea that you're bad with money or that money is hard or that you're never going to figure it out. And you have to start to look for evidence that, hey, maybe those things aren't actually true. Maybe money actually isn't that hard. Maybe I can figure this out. Maybe I'm not as bad with money as I claim myself to be. And maybe when I continuously tell myself I'm bad with money over and over again, I unconsciously use it as a permission slip to keep repeating the same self-sabotaging money behaviors. The second type of financial blocker thoughts are thoughts that overemphasize your needs today versus the value of freedom and security of money for your future. So these are thoughts like, I don't want to restrict my life. I don't want to have to say no. I want it right now. Or how many of you have said this? I deserve it. I work really hard. I deserve that vacation. I deserve that new fishing pole. I deserve that new hearse. For me, these are the most common types of financial blocker thoughts that I experience. And because I have my money mapping system, I'm very intentional with the amount of money that I want to spend on my present day life with Craig. And sometimes I don't do a great job of allocating that money and I get towards the end of the month and I don't have much money left in my habits account, which affects the things that I can or can't do in the present moment. Recently, this happened for Craig and I. We had $60 left in our habits account and we weren't getting our next refill of that bucket until Tuesday of the next week. So we had four days with 60 bucks left. And I remember looking at that number on a Friday and being so pissed off. I was so mad at my money map. I was so mad at my money system. I was thinking, I do not want to live this way. I don't want to live in scarcity. I don't want to act like I don't have enough money. I have all of this money over here. Why can't I just go spend it and have a good time? And I just noticed myself rebelling so hard against this idea that I would only have 60 dollars left for the weekend when there were so many things that I wanted to do that required spending money. We tend to go out to eat on Friday nights, mostly Saturday and Sunday for brunch as well. We pretty much eat out all weekend. And I remember thinking, oh, we're going to have to eat at home. This is going to be miserable. And I had to stop myself in the moment and really see what my brain was offering me. My brain was offering me that the weekend was going to be miserable if Craig and I could not go out to eat or couldn't go to a movie or couldn't do the things that I wanted to do to spend money in the moment. And I had to really question that. 
I had to really question, hey, is it really true that my weekend is going to be miserable if we have 60 bucks? And what if I were to approach this from a different mindset? What if I were to really think about this creatively and ask myself, what could we do to make this the best weekend ever and only spend $60? What are some creative things we could do? We could go on a picnic. We could go on a hike. There were so many ways that I identified that I could actually have a great weekend without spending a lot of money. And sure, I could have just decided to transfer money from one of my savings goals into my spending for the weekend. But the reason why I didn't do that was because I highly value my savings goals. I didn't want to have to take from my emergency fund because guess what? I'd have to refill it. I didn't want to take from my travel fund because Craig and I had a trip coming up and we wanted to be able to maximize our amount of money for that trip. And I didn't want to take from my house fund because I'm in the middle of a big renovation on my property. So in the moment, my brain was offering me all of these thoughts why my weekend was going to be so miserable and why I needed to discount my future goals to give myself a better time this weekend. But I had to really question that. I had to really look at that and say, is this really true? And that is what you need to do when it comes to these kinds of thoughts. You have to really question, is it true that I deserve this? Is it true that I really need this, that I really want this, that I have to have this right now, and this is more important to me than freedom, ease, and security, and my future goals that I have in line for myself. Because what we don't realize is that when we actually prioritize those things and we start to have money for them and we have the security and the ease of the plan that reflects them, we get to actually experience more freedom and ease today. Sure, we have these momentary desires and glitches in our mindset that it's like, oh, but I want this now. I want to have this fun now. But you know what happens if you consistently react to those thoughts and take action from that place is that you never have any money. You never have any security. And that causes so much more worry and stress than honoring your future goal. All right. So the third type of financial blocker thoughts are thoughts about money that make you feel comfortable and don't challenge you to grow. Now, these thoughts are tricky because it can actually feel really good to feel comfortable. But the problem with these kinds of thoughts is that they keep you out of the discomfort that is required to actually grow your money. These thoughts can be super sneaky because they prevent you from accessing your full financial power and keep you safe from either the judgment of other people or the judgment of yourself. These thoughts will keep you from increasing your income and playing bigger in the world. And they tend to be thoughts like, I don't want to make more money. Whenever I hear someone tell me that, I always ask, why not? And what I find is that it's not that most people don't want to make more money. It's that they have underlying assumptions about what it means for them to make more money. They're either going to have to work harder or be a different person or spend less time with their family or turn into a money-hungry capitalist that has no ethics or morals, right? It tends to be these underlying assumptions about who they have to be or how they have to act in order to make more money that actually prevent most people from wanting to make more money. And that's what I like to really coach on to really see how can we answer new questions about how you can make more money in the world? Like, how can I make more money and still stay in alignment with my ethics and what I care about? Or how can I make more money in a way that doesn't require more of my time? These are all interesting questions that you have to actually challenge your brain to answer 
instead of just submitting to these underlying assumptions and just thinking to yourself, nope, I don't want to do it because of who I believe I'm going to have to become or how I'm going to act in order to make it happen. Another thought is it's rude to talk about money. Like we shouldn't be talking about money. It's taboo. It's tacky. And this really prevents people from having powerful conversations about money with either their boss, their clients, their partner, or even mortgage lenders or car dealers. These people that are trying to sell us things, we don't feel comfortable having real conversations with them about money and getting the information that we actually need to make big financial decisions because you're under the assumption that talking about money is rude and it should be uncomfortable to do that. And you don't talk about money with other people in your life. The next thought that falls underneath this category is I shouldn't charge more than they can afford. And some of you may be looking at this and thinking, yeah, I really shouldn't do this. But I want you to notice that your thoughts about what you should or shouldn't charge for a product or a service or whatever it is that you're selling your time is based on what you believe people can or can't afford versus really looking at the value of what it is that you're selling and what it brings to someone's organization or their life or their company, whatever. Now, that's not to say you never give scholarships or discounts or things of that nature, but you want to make sure that you are grounded in the real value that that you have to offer and that you aren't just keeping yourself comfortable in this mindset of, oh, I just need to make sure that I charge what someone else can afford versus really getting clear on the value of what it is that you're selling. Here's another one. Tell me if you've ever thought this before. I can only ask for a raise one time per year. This is such an interesting money belief. This is definitely conditioning from corporate America, telling us that it's only appropriate to ask for a raise at raise season. I have never, ever followed this line of thinking in my work as a corporate employee. I was always talking to my boss about my salary and my next raise conversation. I was always preparing him for that because I wanted to make sure that I was clear on what I needed to do to get to that next level. And it's just because I never felt like it was rude to talk about money. I felt like it was prudent to talk about money. I felt like I needed to talk about my money with my boss to make sure that I didn't have any resentment and that I was crystal clear on the path that I was headed down and that he was too and he was thinking of me. And when I was a manager and when I had employees working underneath me, I always was more likely to advocate for that person that advocated for themselves simply because they would help me see their value through the way that they talked about themselves and showed me everything that they did. And I always was dumbfounded by my employees that would not advocate for themselves, that would just say, look, I just want you to tell me what you think I'm worth. I know you care about me. I trust you. And I just remember saying, look, this is not how you advocate for yourself. It doesn't matter how much I like you. It doesn't matter how much you trust me. I want you to develop the skill of learning how to talk about your worth. And so I want you to come back to this conversation with real reasons why I should give you more money. I want you to sell me. I want you to show me why the work you are doing is worth more money. And some of them came back and showed me that and others didn't. Others didn't do that work simply because of the discomfort required to advocate for more money. They just would rather make less money than get in the discomfort of asking for more and telling me why they thought they should have it. So I want you to notice if there are thoughts that you have about money or your income or the kind of life that you want with money that are comfortable money thoughts that don't require you to actually grow and get to that next level, not only financially, but personally. Because those can be tricky thoughts because they can feel like you're being a good person, like you're being humble, like you're living with very little, little ego. But what 
But the result of a lot of these thoughts is that they keep you stuck financially and they don't actually have you operating at your full potential in the world. So to recap, the three types of financial blocker thoughts, there are shame and worry thoughts. There are thoughts that overemphasize your needs today versus the value of financial freedom in the future. And the last are the thoughts about money and wealth that keep you comfortable and prevent you from growing. I love to hear from you. So if you have anything that came up for you during this episode, send me an email comment on an Instagram post. Let me know what did you think about this episode. I can't wait to see you next week. I will talk to you soon. Have you ever built a budget, but within weeks felt exhausted by the spreadsheets, the upkeep, or the restrictive spending categories? If so, you are not alone. Budgeting has never worked for me, so I created a new way, money mapping. Money mapping has all of the things you need to be successful in your wealth building journey. It's simple, organized, and automated, but most importantly, it offers a completely new way to relate to money and manage it in your life. If you're ready to kick off your no budget strategy for building wealth, sign up for my free money map training at www.holistic-money.com forward slash money map. Here's to building wealth with ease.